Uh, the headline in the Sun the other day: Strong sockeye salmon runs bode well for the famed Fraser Fishery. And the story goes on to quote our old friend Captain Steve Johansson from Organic Ocean, who had just returned from crazy fishing up in Barkley Sound, where sockeye returns were more than double Department of Fisheries and Oceans estimates. Here to talk about the new st- salmon statistics, Bob Chamberlain joining us again today. Mr. Chamberlain is chair of the First Nations Wild Sci. Alliance. Bob, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, good morning, Sterling. Thanks for having me back. Uh, always a pleasure, Mr. Chamberlain. You know that. Uh, Captain Steve is an old friend and a good guy and uh, fishes for organic ocean, spends a lot of time on the water. I've had the opportunity to go out for a, 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 a spot prawn run with her. He's a good guy. And so when he says uh, fishing is crazy, uh, I take it quite seriously. So this is an optimistic sounding report. You've had a chance to go through it from cover to cover. What do you make of it? I mean, when we have good returns, of course, everybody's happy with the, uh, you know, the level of abundance that, that occurs. But when you take it into context over the past several decades and the historic low returns over the past number of years, um, we have to be very cautious and wait for all the numbers to be in. But certainly one or two good runs is not enough of an indicator for me or for First Nations to see that they're crisis that is bc wild salmon is over right okay and that's fair ball but bob are you at least encouraged by the fact that the numbers are improving well i mean i think about the broughton archipelago where we were able to implement the united nations declaration on the rights of indigenous people with premier horgan's government we removed fish farms uh, very key locations in the broughton two years ago and I've had some reports from some of our hereditary chiefs on the lands that there's actually some very uh, good-looking runs returning mm-hmm. when we were down to just several hundred fish returning to the Ata River in Bon, what people know as Bon Sound. And now we've got uh, a number of thousands that are returning. So it shows me that the removal of the fish farms is one of the key things to ensure that we do have a greater opportunity for good returns of salmon. Interesting. I saw a report, this is unrelated perhaps to the new numbers, but nonetheless of, of interest, uh, there's uh, uh, some uh, some construction, Trans Mountain Pipeline construction is going on up country, uh, and it's affecting some of the salmon-run rivers, uh, and they're saying that in, in one particular spot, uh, a fairly well-known salmon-run river, uh, some of the construction activity is inhibiting the ability of the fish to get through that and beyond to where they spawn. Uh, our our interruptions like this worrisome? Well, I think back to the Cohen Commission report, and it described a wide range of stressors and impacts for healthy and abundant wild salmon stocks. And I think what needs to happen now is we need to have Canadians to stand up and speak clearly about the concerns they have for salmon and the need for protection. I mean, you know, I've spoken very often about fish farms, but there is a wide range of impacts and stressors to healthy and abundant wild salmon stocks. And we need to really, truly take a look and understand the complex contributions that salmon represent, not just to the economy or or First Nations foods, but to the environment and to the wildlife that we all cherish here in British Columbia. So, Bob, as as a a food fish, uh, are any salmon populations anywhere in British Columbia are under any kind of real threat from uh, non-humans, as in seals or killer whales? Or does that simply not wash? There's not enough of them to make a difference. 
Well, I think these are, uh, I mean, nature has its own funny uh, ways of, of presenting issues and challenges to us, like the, like the pinnipeds that have been spoken of quite often. But, you know, when I think about the, the, the southern resident killer whale, which everyone is concerned with, and Chinook is a food source. Right. You know, I've, I've learned from the DFO that uh, Chinook and Coho from the Fraser River spend a, uh, quite a bit of time in and around Discovery Islands, well past the identified out migration window. And so this, that these particular species stay in the Discovery Islands well into the fall. Hmm. Uh, to me, it just further is why those particular fish farms need not be returned, that they need to be removed if we want to see the species that so many uh, animals, uh, whether it's whales, grizzly bears, eagles, or what have you, I mean, we enjoy seeing these icons of British Columbia, but we can't pretend they're going to survive unless they've got food. So when we identify areas like Discovery Islands that need to be free of fish farms, we need to act on it for the greater good of the province beyond just the the employment numbers that are always spoken of. Sure. And the other factor there, of course, is the Department of Fisheries and Oceans itself. Policy is set in Ottawa. Policy is executed and delivered at the local level here in British Columbia. And you and I have discussed in detail uh, in in prior conversations, there's an enormous disconnect between the policy makers and the policy deliverers still, isn't there? Yes, there is. I agree. And, you know, one thing that I've seen a lot of Canadians become aware of is the precautionary principle. And this is something that's found within the uh, Fisheries Act. And in the absence of concise or clear science, if there's any kind of gray area, that they err on the side of caution for the wild salmon. Mm -hmm. Well, I learned that there is no precautionary principle policy for fish farms in British Columbia. And to me, that just makes absolutely no sense. And it's one of those uh, opportunities where the government could be saying, thou shall be doing this rather than, gee, I hope it happens. And I think the wild salmon crisis deserves at least that today. Indeed. Bob Chamberlain, always a pleasure to have you on the program. We appreciate your calm, clear-eyed view of the world and our salmon resource. Thanks very much. Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.